Welcome to COC Cape Town Sermon Downloads. Enjoy this message. The title of my message this morning, for the few moments we have together today, the title of my message this morning is Dream Again. Tell your neighbor next to you on the left-hand side, the right-hand side, it's time to dream again. As we approach Dream Week in 10 days' time, or in 9 days' time actually today, it's important to ask yourself, am I still focused on the dream that God has placed in my heart? Dream Week is a week that I, when we get to focus on our dreams again, it's the time where dead dreams can come alive, dormant dreams can be revived, and new dreams can be birthed. I want to encourage you, if you haven't registered for Dream Week this year, register for Dream Week. It's different than normal years, but it's, the, it's what we are doing right now in these uh, disruptive times. But it's, it's critical you don't miss out. There's a word for God, from God for somebody over there. The Lord always speaks to me specifically in Dream Week every single year. And it's not going to be no different this year. Can you say amen? That's why I believe it's time to dream again. Joel chapter 2 verse 28, the Bible says, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. The Bible says old men shall dream dreams. I see my staff sometimes when I ask them how old's the guy. They say he was quite old past. He was like 50 plus. So they're calling me old these days. So I reject those words, but I do understand what they're saying. We are getting older. So the Bible says old men shall dream dreams. I want to say to you today, sir, ma'am, it's never too late or it's never too old to dream. You can still dream great dreams at your age, whatever you might find yourself, because it's time to dream again. Colonel Sanders began his dream at 68. Caleb took his mountain at 85. And Abram received Isaac at 100. So I want to say to you today, don't write yourself off because of physical age or of time delay. Because it's time to dream again. Don't write yourself off. Amen. That's what the Bible describes the enemy as the dream stealer. The thief who comes only but to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan is a dream stealer. He'll make you despondent, dejected. He'll talk to you about what you can't do. He'll tell you why you cannot achieve that dream. And I'm here to tell you today, I'm here to steal your faith and to tell you it's time to dream again. You cannot allow your dreams to be stolen from your heart. God gives us dreams. God gives us visions. The Bible says that old men shall dream dreams and young men shall see visions. Can you say amen this morning? So what is significant for God's children in Joel chapter 2? That His Spirit should be poured out in all flesh on every person. The Bible says that's the difference between us and the world. Sometimes we think that it's about telling the world how bad they are, how what bad sinners they are. But the difference between us and the world or a born-again, spiritful Christian is that the Spirit of God has been poured out on all flesh. That is the difference. That gives you the ability to commune personally with God. That's what the Holy Spirit's purpose is. Besides many other things describing Jesus to us, leading and guiding us, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does, He gives us access to the throne room of God, which the world does not have. That is the, the privilege of Christian living. Is you can speak to God personally when the Spirit of God is poured out on all flesh. So three specific manifestations of the Spirit that are given in Joel chapter 2. Firstly, he says people will prophesy. Secondly, he says people will dream dreams. And thirdly, that people will see visions. So when it comes to people prophesying, we don't have to run after a prophet or look for a prophet to tell us a dream that he saw for our lives on Facebook. Because many of these prophets, I don't say all of them are like that. But many of them look at your stuff on Facebook. You go to their meetings and they look like they are prophesying over you. But actual fact, they're just familiar spirits. Amen. Can you say amen? So don't run after a prophet. Amen. Run after the prophetic word. Run after your Bible. Because the Bible says we've been given the prophetic word. 2 Peter 1.19. The Bible says, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed. So the Word of God is confirmed. We don't need to add to it. We don't need to subtract to it. Every single thing you need to know about your life in 2021, in this day, today, and the rest of your life is found in the Bible. 
But the people, the, the, the world sometimes tells you the Bible is a book of this or a book of that. Don't listen to what the world says the Bible is. The Bible is not a book about someone. The Bible is someone. It is the living God of, of Christ, amen, that lives in and through us. But the Bible says we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. The morning star rising in your heart is the manifestation of the unseen dream that you've been prophesying about that becomes visible for all to see. So the morning star means that when you prophesy the Word of God, you speak into your future, you send your words in the direction you want your life to go. You declare life in, 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 in places of death. You declare light in places of darkness. That's the difference. That's what the Spirit of God gives you the power to do. The Spirit of God says what? That people will prophesy. You can't prophesy outside of being filled with the Holy Spirit because we have the prophetic word confirmed. So when you speak God's word into your future, the Bible says and you keep declaring God's word into your future when things look dark or things look like they are dying the Bible says the morning star will rise that means the sun will come up the, sun, the light will come onto that dead dream that light will come onto the invisible thought that's in your mind and it'll become a reality that is what the morning star is that rises in your hearts but sadly many people give up or quit prophesying God's word over their dreams before the morning star rises I told you a while back about some people are three feet from gold. That story of a man who was a gold digger and he looked for gold and he quit three foot from gold. And the man that he sold all of his, his mining equipment to, the, uh, the, the story goes that he, the, the, the guy that bought his equipment for $100 went to an expert and said, I need to ask you where could this gold be? And when they came to look for the pipe of gold, they found that the previous guy who was digging was merely three feet away from gold. And sometimes we like that. We're three foot away from a breakthrough and we start to become despondent. And instead of continuing to speak God's word into our future for the morning star to rise, we stop speaking about all we change our words and we start to speak against the dream that's in our heart through frustration or despondency. And I want to encourage you today. Don't bring delay on your dreams because you start to speak opposite of what you started out speaking. Isaiah 55, the Bible says in verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Listen to what your Bible says. The Bible says the word of God that leaves a person's mouth. Now remember, it's the Spirit of God that's in us that gives you the power to speak God's word. The world will criticize the Bible. The world will criticize Christians that speak God's word. But we all, I always, I've been blamed or uh, accused most of my life. Are you a name it and claim it Christian? I said, no, I'm just a Bible believing Christian. The Bible says if you speak God, God's word. Every word that leads leaves your mouth, as Isaiah prophesied. He says, the word that goes forth from my mouth. So your mouth has to open up and you have to speak God's word. Release God's word from your mouth. When you speak life in dark places, the Bible says what? That the word of God shall not return to God void because He sent His word. Who's His word? Christ, His Son. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh. So Jesus was, a, was with God. God in the beginning. Nothing that was made was made without Christ in the beginning. So God sends us the Word. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that He sent us His Word. 
So when Jesus came, the Word came and it manifested in flesh for 33 years. The Word did not return to Christ, to God void, because Christ ascended back to heaven. So if you understand the power of the Word, Christ came to fulfill what God sent Him for, for His purpose and His destiny. And when Christ's time came, He ascended back to the right hand of the Father. And so it is today. We have now our Bibles, the prophetic Word. Christ is no longer on the earth. He's now at the right hand of the Father. But He's poured out His Spirit on all flesh. And when flesh that is filled with the Spirit of God prophesies the Word of God, the Bible says it shall not return to God empty. If you tell the Word of God to go in a certain direction, it has to accomplish that for which it was sent. So we send the Word out of, uh, out of our mouths by faith. Are you getting something this morning? And I say this to us to encourage your faith. It's time to dream again. It's time for you to believe that that a dream, that desire that's in your heart will come to pass because God is a dream giver. Because the Bible says the Spirit of God enables people to prophesy and dream dreams and see visions. That's what the Spirit of God does. Amen. Say for Ochand and Iri Black and give Jesus a shout of praise right there in Cape Town North, right here in Cape Town. And so it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish for what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. The second thing that the Spirit of God does in Christians' lives, another significant attribute of God's Spirit being poured out, the Bible says, is that people shall see visions. What does that mean? Because heaven is the invisible place of God's ideas that He sends to the hearts of men on earth. Let me say that again. Heaven is the invisible place of God's ideas that He sends to the, the hearts of men on earth. You let your will be done. Jesus taught us to pray. Let your will be done on, in, in heaven as it is on earth or on earth as it is in heaven. So the Bible is very clear that God wants His will to be poured out from heaven onto earth. And how does He do it? He does it through the Spirit of God. He pours out visions, ideas. A vision is simply an idea. It's a picture of an idea that God sends to the hearts of men. Can you say amen this morning? So the vision is a picture of an idea. So no man or woman makes a significant impact on the earth outside of a significant idea or a significant vision. That's why no man or woman gets used in life by outside being used by a rich idea. Many people that are wealthy today are simply being used by a wealthy idea. Think about the inventors of products around the world. People that write autobiographies and people that aspire to be like these other people or you read their books or you watch them on social media. You attend their seminars and they tell you how to become a great success. But the reality of the fact is they are not wealthy outside of a wealthy idea. So God, you can't be rich outside of a rich idea. So God is the one who gives us ideas. He gives us, he gives us visions. He gives us, he gives us pictures of what the future will look like. And sadly, many people are, they're not very disciplined when it comes to writing down the ideas God gives them. Because sometimes it might come in a moment and it's gone. And in that moment, you've got to be disciplined enough uh, to, to write a word down, write the thought down, write it down because sometimes your, your mind can get busy and it can get distracted from other things. But I want to encourage you today, the way in which you, you start to see things manifest on the earth is we write visions down. Habakkuk tells us to do that. Uh, um, the Bible says in, in, in uh, uh, Habakkuk 2 verse 2, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision down and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. 
So the Bible is very clear. We have to write the visions down that God gives us in our hearts. How many of you have written your visions down? How many of you can say you've got a written vision down? How many of you can say you can look at something on the wall? That's why as a move of CRC, we are very intentional to put our visions up on the walls. Why? Because the Bible instructs us to do that. Write the vision down. Make it plain. So when everybody reads it, it says, what is that? That's our vision. We can run with the vision that's on the wall. Win the lost at any cost. Building one church in many locations. Mend the nets because the catch will be great. Now we get criticized for that, but the Bible says it's what we need to do. Write the vision down. And that's what you need to do because many people are careless when it comes to thoughts entering their minds. Can you imagine what Paul's life would have been like if Ananias did not respond to the vision God gave him? Because in the other side of your vision, someone is waiting for your obedience to, to manifest the, the vision that's in your heart. There are people this morning in Cape Town that are waiting for you to start that dream, to start that business. There are unemployed people waiting for you to start employing them. Why? But, but pastor, I don't have a business. It's because you're not listening to that idea that's in your heart. And God is the giver of those ideas. God is the giver of visions because the Spirit of God makes people see visions that the world can't see. Can you say amen this morning? So Acts chapter 9, the Bible says this. Now there was a certain man, a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And, he, uh, uh, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for the one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. And the story goes on. He reasons with God and he says, but this man is an is a evil man or he's a persecutor of the church. And God says to him, no, I've changed his heart. He's now born again. Go and pray for him. We know that Paul or Saul at that time was blinded for three days. Imagine how long Saul would have still remained blind if Ananias didn't respond to the vision God gave him. Imagine if Saul was waiting. That's why Jesus comes along and he says in Luke 4, 18, For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Notice when the Spirit of God came upon Christ, He said the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to what? To preach good news to poor people. So there are poor people waiting for you to preach good news to them. That's the vision that's in your heart. To heal the brokenhearted. To what? To, to open blind eyes. That's what vision does. Vision opens up dark places and makes it light. It gives people hope to see the future in a better way but God first pours that vision into the hearts of humans God does not pour the vision out in the sky or on the crown he puts it into the hearts of humans and you have to be obedient to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to you because Joel says what when the Spirit of God comes upon you young men shall see visions old men shall dream dreams and people will prophesy we have to send out the prophetic word in the direction we want our lives to go and when you get that vision or you get that dream you write it down. I've told you the story over and over of my life years ago when I read a book and a man, there was a statement in the book that jumped at me. I wrote that statement down on my wall in my office in big letters. Every word was the biggest I could get the font on an A4 piece of paper in a landscape. And I stuck it on my wall. It was about 20 or 25 words. And every time somebody walked into my office, they said to me, what is that? I said, I don't know. And they thought I was mad because the book said if I can put a service or a product to that statement, I would make a lot of money. And I didn't know what it, what, what it was, but I wrote the vision down. 
And every time I sat in my office or I had a spare moment, I would fling my chair around and I'd lean back in my chair, drinking a cup of coffee, and I'd look at that statement and I'd read it to myself again. And I'd say to myself, uh, I'm, I'm, Lord, I ask you to give me an, uh, an idea or give me a thought or connect the dots, uh, put the two together, make the puzzle work because uh, I don't know what it is, but I've written it down. I've done my part. Write the vision down. And the one day I was driving home, there was a man phoning me from from Johannesburg all the time trying to get me to sign an, an, an agency deal for them but I was busy with my business and I was busy you know trying to keep my head above water and my business was going through difficulty my business was struggling at the time and this man kept pestering me to sign this deal and I kept delaying him because I didn't have time because I was busy trying to survive and the one day for about must have been a few months that this vision was on my wall and I was driving home one day and the Holy Spirit said to me he said Aiden, he said, the, vision, the, 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 the guy that's phoning you and the statement on your wall, they are, they are connected. And when I thought about it for a moment, the, the, uh, the vision came, the idea came, the thought came. That's what God does, the Spirit of God. It's the invisible place. God, heaven is the invisible place of God's ideas. And He sends it to the hearts of men. He sends it to people that are faithful over little, that become ruler over much, faithful over little, in difficult times. When David was faithful over his father's sheep, when no one was watching, no one was expecting anything of him. It's a boring job. It's a beige, bland, boring job, watching your dad's sheep, just watching, uh, just being out there, no one to talk to, just minding these, these sheep that eat grass and doing nothing. But the Bible says when the lion came, David killed the lion on behalf of his father. When the bear came, David killed the bear on behalf of his father. No one asked him to, but he was being faithful. And when, so when the prophet came to anoint the next king of Israel, David's father came and he put all of his sons in front of the prophet and said, these are the kings. But the, God, the Bible says God looked past all of those brothers and went to the one who was faithful. Faithful. And he said, no, these are not the ones. Here is the one. And everyone was shocked to think it was David. And I want to say this to you today, amen, that when you are faithful over little, God gives you ruler over much. Because the Spirit of God will pour out the idea into your heart at the right time. So don't think that delay is denial. Don't think God has turned His back on you. It's the good work I begin in you. Sometimes we ask God for a breakthrough, but we're not ready for the breakthrough. So God will delay that to work on your character. That means just stay faithful. Go to work with a good attitude. Smile and do your best. Be the first to arrive and the last to leave. Amen. And don't go to HR every two days. Amen. Just do your part in your company. Serve the, the purpose and the, the, the vision that you are busy part of and God will give you your own one day. Can you say amen? So I was driving to home one day and the Lord said to me, that thing and that thing are connected. So I phoned the guy the next day. And uh, of course I was thinking, what was I thinking? Why didn't I you know, sign this thing quicker? Eventually, I, the guy said to me, it's still available. I signed the deal. And long story short, three years later, that business was doing 3 million rand turnover for me. And I was earning over 300,000 rand commission every month. Now, I'll tell you the story, not to throw numbers at you, to tell you the story that in everyone's life, there will be certain times of delay. But when God quickens an idea in your heart and you respond to that idea, there will be fruitfulness on the other side of that because God always pours out visions in men's hearts. Amen. And when people are faithful to write those visions down, and even though they delay, the Habakkuk says, write it down, even though it delays, it will not tarry, it won't delay forever. So my vision was five, six, seven months on that wall. 
that one time the CEO of Vodacom came to my office for a visit and he said, what's that? And I had to tell this guy, he actually flew in with a helicopter to the city to come do a, a, the tour of all of the stores in the city. Yeah, I was sitting in my office and I couldn't give him an answer about what that was on the wall because God hadn't, hadn't told me yet. So I didn't, I didn't take the vision down. I kept faithful, just speak, spoke life over that vision. I kept asking God to pour out an idea into my heart because that is what God does. He pours out ideas into humans' hearts. Everything you see is an idea. The clothing you wear, it's someone's idea to design it that way. The car you drive, it's someone's idea to design it that way. The, the, the mobile phone you use, it's an idea that someone designed it that way. Every single thing is an idea that man puts out on the earth. It's the fingerprint of man that's manifest in the flesh. But God speaks to the hearts of born-again believers. Amen. And I believe there are far too, too many Christians that do not ask God enough for ideas to use to be used through their life. Because no one can become rich outside of a rich idea. Can you say amen this morning? And I say to you this morning, it's time to dream again. It's time to believe again. It's time to ask again. It's time to write again. It's time to seek again. Because God is not finished with you yet. Amen. Can you say amen this morning? So notice he says what? He says, wait for it. That means don't quit or walk away or become impatient. He said, wait for it. Wait for the, for the manifestation. Don't walk away three feet from gold. He said, keep on keeping on. So 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8, the Bible says, though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. Tell your neighbor on your left hand side, say quitting is not an option. Tell your wife, we're not quitting. Tell your wife, we're dreaming again. Tell your wife, I repent for saying I'm going to shut my business down. I'm not shutting it down. I'm going to expand it. Why? Because God's going to speak to me clearly. Can you say amen? So we are persecuted by others, says the Bible, but God has not forsaken us. We may get knocked down, but we are not out. Tell your wife again, we may be knocked down, but we're not out. You're knocked down, but you're not out. You could be the Rocky of your family. Amen. Rocky 99. But you're going to get up. Amen. And then shout, Adrian, across the thing with a bloody face. But you're going to make it. Can you say amen this morning? The third thing that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit does when He pours out His Spirit all flesh is the Bible said people will dream dreams. What to do when a dream you have dreamt about has died or is dormant in your life? So many dead dreams. The wealthiest place on the planet, they say, is the graveyard. Because so many people die with dead dreams inside of them. Dreams they never, they were too afraid through failure or the criticism of people or the opinions of man or their family. They were too afraid to manifest that dream in their heart. And they die with that unwritten song. They die with that unwritten book. They die with that unwritten, unwritten creativity in them. In them was creativity that God placed there. But they were too afraid because of failure or because of the opinions of people. And I want to encourage you, switch off the opinions of people. Amen. Turn off the, the criticism of people. Focus Focus on the Word of God. You believe the Word of God. You confess God's promises over your life. You declare, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why? Because if God before you, who can be against you this morning? I want to tell you, it's time to dream again. Amen. So the Bible tells us of the resurrection of dead dreams in Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel the prophet, he arrives at a place, he sees in a vision, what? A valley of dry bones. That's what very often happens. We see our future as being death or deadly or destructive. The enemy comes in, uh, the Bible calls him a thief, the father of all lies. He's a master manipulator. He's a spiritual enemy. He can't destroy you. He can't defeat you, but he can influence your thought life. 
That's why the Bible says you have to fix your thoughts on everything that is pure and holy and just and good of a good report. The Bible says fix your thoughts on things that are of excellence and you'll become an excellent person. But when you let your thoughts go in every direction, amen, because a divided mind picks up every kind of thought. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let him not expect anything from God. A person who's made up his mind, because a made up mind is a powerful mind. Can you say amen this morning? So the Bible says to the Bible says that Ezekiel the prophet sees this valley of dry bones in verse 1. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit. Notice it's the spirit that reveals things. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he says, What? Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor entered the heart of man the things that have been laid up for those that love God. Next verse, but they are revealed by the Spirit. That is the privilege of Christian living. The Spirit of God pours out himself on all flesh, and then people shall pray prophesy people will see visions and young men shall dream dreams old men shall dream dreams young men shall prophesy old men shall prophesy you will still live to see the goodness of God in your lifetime why because God is for you and God is in you can you say amen this morning so what does he say he says the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones bones are symbolic of death not life Bones are what remain in a coffin after someone or something has died. It symbolizes death. And what this man saw was bones. He didn't see life. He saw death. But the Bible is about to teach this man a lesson. He says, often our dead dreams could be like a valley full of bones. You see, look at your, your bank balance. You look at your, your options. You look at your prospects. And you think, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to make it? I don't know how this is going to work out. And the good news is you don't have to worry about your tomorrow. Amen. You have to put your trust back in God and dream again. So the Bible says in verse 2, Then He caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley. Maybe your problems are very many this morning. Maybe your impossibilities seem impossible to you this morning. And indeed, they were very dry. Maybe you're in a dry and a barren place right now. Maybe your marriage or if something in your life is in a dry or a barren place. And verse 3, the Bible says, And He said to me, Son of man, He said, Can these bones live? So I answered, Oh Lord God, you know. My question to you this morning, do you believe your dead dreams or your dormant dreams or your unborn dreams can come alive? Because God's going to ask you a question. What do you want me to do for you? Whenever somebody came to Christ, the first thing he asked them was, what do you want me to do for you? God wants to activate your faith when you're in a place of desolation. God wants to activate your faith when you're in a place of despondency. That is why Christ comes to bring the gospel, good news, to set people that are in captivity in their minds free. Can you say amen? So what does he say? He says, can these bones live? So Jesus said this to in his generation in Mark 9, 23. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe. So what do you believe this morning? Oh, pastor, I don't know if I can. Well, then you can't. Amen. Because if you can or you can't, you are right. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so easy. As a person thinks on the inside, so they will become on the outside. And so the Bible says what? If you can believe, Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. Then verse 4, he goes on to say in Ezekiel, he said, again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones. There we see it. What does the Spirit of God do? It it empowers people to prophesy. He said, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. 
prophesy into your future. We have the prophetic word. Prophesy the word of God into your future. Tell the every place your foot shall tread. Start to tell you the, the soil where your business is struggling. Tell the soil, you are blessed soil. Why? Because my feet are on this place and the Spirit of God is in me. And because the Spirit of God is in me, every place my foot shall tread, you shall give it to me. When you go to see a client, get out your car and when you walk on that soil start to declare my feet are treading on this place and every place my foot shall tread God will give it to me why because the Spirit of God has been poured out on my flesh and when the Spirit of God is poured out on my flesh I shall prophesy into my future I shall see visions I shall dream dreams again come on somebody if you believe that this morning give Jesus a shout of praise all over this place amen God is busy activating dormant dreams in the lives of people Come on, Cape Town North, lift up your voices. You are a blessed church. Cape Town, you are a blessed church. Tell your business, you are blessed. Tell your family, you are blessed. Tell your bank balance, you are blessed. Why? Because the Spirit of God lives in you. And when the Spirit of God lives in you, you shall prophesy to your future and you shall see good days in your life. Can you say amen? Prophesy to your dead dream. What do we prophesy? We prophesy the word of the Lord. Ezekiel 37 verse 5, Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I shall cause breath to enter into you and shall live. Whenever God brings life to dead things, He breathes over it. I often tell people that if God is into something, you can't stop it. No man can stop it. And if God's not in it, He doesn't have to stop it. It'll stop itself. Because something without breath dies. Something without oxygen dies. But when God breathes on something, it doesn't matter what men say. It doesn't matter what the opinions of people are. If God breathes on something, it shall live. And you have to say to God, Lord, breathe on my business. Breathe on my vision. Breathe your breath on my vision. Why? Because the Bible says when God breathes on something, life comes to it. Amen. Listen to what happened in Genesis chapter 2. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The man became a living being. Notice how Adam was brought to life. He came out of soil, dust. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 verse 11, what? That let the earth bring forth. So the earth brings forth everything, seed, harvest, fruit trees, products we produce out of the earth and man. But outside of the breath of God is just a dead product. You have to breathe God's life into it. And the Bible said God breathes into the nostrils of Adam. Imagine that. God, you lying sleeping at night. That's why we have dreams when we sleep at night. Why? Because while your conscious mind is asleep and you're not trying to reason everything in your intellectual power, God takes His Spirit of God and He breathes into your nostrils. Sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night, you go, <gasps> it's God who just breathes into your nostrils. Amen. What? Life, vision into your, into your future. Amen. And you wake up in the morning and you think nothing has changed. But after your first cup of coffee, I had this idea. Wonder where you got that idea from. God breathed it into your nostrils. Why? Because it's time for that dream to come alive. It's time for that baby to be born. You've been carrying that dream for months. You've given conception to it. You've been faithful. You've been watching my sheep. You've been killing the lion and the bear on my behalf. You've been occupying territory. You've been unashamed of my son's name. You've been telling people about Jesus. You are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because of that, you are faithful. Now it's time. Now it's time. I'm going to expand that dream. We're 
going to go past the borders of Cape Town. Now we're going to go into the rest of South Africa. Then we're going to breathe some more. And we're going to go into Africa. Then we're going to breathe some more. We're going to go across the waters because the Spirit of God hovered across the waters. And when the Spirit of God hovers across the waters, your dream, your vision expands where the Spirit of God is. Send your vision out. Ask God to breathe onto your vision. Can you say amen this morning? Verse 6 says what? And I will put sinews on you. Life starts to come to the dead bones and bring flesh upon you. Isn't it when you look at people that are in impoverished countries, their sinews and their bones are dried up. But the minute you start to feed people, they start to fill out. Amen. He says, cover you with skin and put breath in you. There comes breath, life, the life of God. And you shall live. Tell your wife, we will live and we will not die. Tell your neighbor, you will live and you shall not die. Tell the person with COVID, you will live and not die. Come on, declare the life and the goodness of God. Don't speak about the virus. Give it a verse. Amen. Give that virus a verse and tell that verse, you shall be defeated. By my, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Can you say amen this morning? Then they shall know that I am the Lord. So the glory is not ours, the glory is God's. Always, when God works through us, we push the glory back to God. Verse 7, Ezekiel 37, the Bible said, So I prophesied, there's your part. As I was commanded, I did not speak about it. I prophesied over it. I spoke life over it. God did not speak about the darkness. God commanded light into the darkness. Don't speak about your darkness. Command the Word of God to be light in a dark place until the light dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. And suddenly, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone indeed. What? He said, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. And also he said to me, verse 9, he said, prophesy to the breath. Speak to the breath. Tell it, God, breathe your breath over my vision and prophesy the breath of God into your vision. He says, prophesy to the breath. He said, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they shall live. It's time for you to walk into your business tomorrow. And instead of talking about the challenges, you start to prophesy the breath of God, the life of God. You declare the favor of God. You walk over the threshold of your business and you say, God, breathe breath into my business. Put your hand on your letterhead and say, breathe the life of God into this business. So I prophesied as He commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and they stood up their feet, an exceedingly great army. Notice the Bible said an exceedingly great army. Why? Because the Bible said now unto Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. I want to say to you today, sir, ma'am, you are a blessed person, not because you deserve it, because Christ came and brought His Word to the earth and the Word of God is going to be sent out into your future and you're going to see a massive difference. The Bible says what? An exceedingly great army. Tell your wife, get ready for the exceedingly abundantly above blessing of God. Tell your partner on the other side, get ready for the exceedingly abundantly above blessing of God. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. It's time to dream again. It's time to dream again. In the same place, the valley of dry bones, sinew, breath, life will come to the dead places of your life. But do you believe it? If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes this morning. Shout amen one more time and stand your feet over this place and give Jesus the greatest shout of praise you've given him this whole week. Declare the goodness of God. Declare the breath of God. Declare the life of God. Are you trusting God for a child? 
put your hand on your womb and say, breathe into my womb, God. Breathe into my womb, Holy Spirit. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Conception will take place. Abraham waited 25 years for Isaac, but the vision did not tarry. Don't delay. Don't worry about the delay of God. Let God do a good work in you. Amen. Stay standing this morning all over this place. You received the Word of God this morning. Lift your hands for a few moments wherever you are. Start to declare right there where you are for a few moments before we close off the service. Declare over your dream this morning. It's time to dream again. Repent if you need to repent of the, the words of death and negativity you've been speaking the last while. I don't know how. I can't. I'm unable. Repent of those statements. Ask the Lord to put a God before your mouth. Ask the Lord to send His Word out of your mouth. But if you're not reading your Bible, there's nothing to send out. Ask God. Father, breathe life over my vision. I declare life right now. Maybe your marriage is busy dying. Maybe you've got a notification from your spouse. I want a divorce. Change. Change that letter, that D letter to an M letter, to an L letter. Love is going to come back into this marriage. Why? I prophesy our first love back into our marriage. Come on. God is not a God that wants to divorce. God is a God who wants to unify. But you, the enemy is a thief. He comes in like a thief. You'll chip away at your marriage. You'll chip away at your business. You're under financial pressure. Pastor, I've lost ground in COVID. Everybody has. But guess what? You can recover all. God will restore all. Why? Because God is a God of restoration. But you speak the, the life of God. Breathe the life of God into your situation right now. Come on, for a few moments. Pray, pray. Your child might be sick. There's a doctor's report. You speak the Word of God. You declare your child healed. They, the, 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 the psychologist has said your child has got a mental disorder. You rebuke those words. You speak a sound mind into your child. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. My child has a sound mind. The, 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 the doctor says there is a medical report. I understand, doctor. Thank you for your report. But let me tell you about the report of the Lord. The Word of God says what? I shall live and not die. My business shall live and not die. I'm going to overcome. COVID might have knocked me down, but COVID is not going to make me quit. COVID might have made me lose ground, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose ground forever. I'm going to recover all because God is a God who breathes life into dead situations. Can you say amen this morning? Every head bowed, every eye closed all over this place. You received the word this morning. Maybe you're sitting watching me online or in Cape Town North here in Cape Town. Every head bowed, every eye closed. There's a great presence of God all over this place. I want to say today, God loves you so much. Maybe standing here today saying, Pastor, you know, you said about the Spirit of God. I, I can't say that the Spirit of God has ever been poured out on my flesh or in my heart. I said the same thing. 31st of May, 1992. I was an unsaved heathen. Was religious. Got confirmed in my church. Not against that church or against religion. But I was religious. Never knew about the spiritual things of God. I used to follow a dead letter all the decrees and all the rules and all the regulations I had no life I had no relationship no one taught me that faith everyone just taught me about uh, these functions in the church until i was radically saved 31st of may 1992 now that's my testimony what is yours are you separate from god are you far from god maybe you're saying to me today past if i to die i don't even i'm not even sure where i'd spend eternity maybe that's you today Maybe you're desiring a change in your life. And I want to say today, the Word of God is never void. It's never going to turn back void. Today we preach the gospel. Churches all over the planet, pastors all over the world are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Word of God will never return back void. That's why the enemy hates the church. That's why he wants to shut the church down. Because if he can shut the church down, he can shut the Word of God down. When he shuts the Word of God down, he shuts the life on earth down. That's why we have to fight for the church. We have to fight for the reopening of the churches safely. We have to defend this holy ground as we worship 
worship this morning. The, the baton of Christianity is in our hands. And I say to you today, sir, God is calling you to become part of this great family, to come and help fight this fight. Like Saul was a persecutor of the church, but when the Spirit of God came upon Saul, he became Paul and he revolutionized the church. In you is a dream, in you is a desire that might be a negative desire this morning. It might be a wrong desire, but God will turn that negative into a positive when you give Him your life. That's what the gospel is all about. It's good news to poor people. It's to heal broken hearts. It's to bring blood, uh, open up blind eyes and set the captives free. Maybe you feel bound this morning in some area of your life, but the Spirit of God is speaking to you in the service today. And you realize you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Enough is enough. And today you say, I'm going to make a change. Well, the Bible says God stands at the door of your heart, Revelation 3.20, and He knocks and He asks you to open up if you will do your part. Notice Ezekiel said, I had to prophesy as I was commanded. There's a God part and there's a man part. Outside of the man part, God can do nothing. He, gives, he gave us free will. He, he asked us to choose. I place before you life and death, blessing and cursing. I say, choose life that you and your descendants may live. So your salvation is not just about yourself. It's about you and people that are unborn that still have to come and follow your legacy. But if you are resi re re resistant to the things of God, you're never going to experience the goodness of God. And I want to challenge you today to give your life to Christ. Maybe you've never done that before. I'm not asking you to join the church. I'm asking you to give your life to Christ, to surrender your life to, to, to Jesus Christ, to His King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I did that. Everybody who's born again had a day like that. And today can be your day. So I want to pray for you today. That's you. Or perhaps you were serving God at one time. You've moved away. You've grown cold. You, you've been lied to by the enemy. He's stolen your faith out of your heart. He's stolen your dream out of your heart. You're sitting on the sideline like the prodigal son. You're sitting in a big sty, eating big food. And you realize, I don't want to be here. I've moved away from that place that I know, that place of faith. And God's calling you back today to the place of faith again. I want to say to you, just turn around and walk back to God. Reach back to God. Because the Bible says when the son came home, the father was celebrating. He slaughtered the fatted calf and he gave his son a great celebration. That's what happens when lost children come come home to God. Maybe that's you today. You're saying, Pastor, I'm away from God. I want to come home to Him today. Or perhaps you're in the auditorium here in Cape Town. You fall into one of those two categories. Or you're there in Cape Town North and you fall into one of those two categories. Maybe you're online today and you fall into one of those two categories. And I want to say to you, don't run from God this morning. Run to Him this morning, if you will. But let's do that this morning. Say, yes, Pastor, I want, to, I want you to pray for me today. Include me in your prayer. That'll be my privilege and my honor for, to pray with you this morning. Say, that's you. Every head bowed, every eye closed, you're in Cape Town. You're saying, that's me, Pastor. Include me in your prayer right now. I fall into one of those two categories. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to fresh start a new beginning. I want to come back to God. Then just slip your hand up here in the auditorium in Cape Town so I can include you in my prayer. I'm not going to call you out of your seat, but I'm going to ask you to put up your hand and be bold right there where you are. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Just lift up your hand. Come on up on the balcony. Lift up your hand. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Just slip it up quickly this morning. Come on, God is all over this place. He's reaching out to you. Reach back to Him this morning. Reach back to Him today. Right there, you see. Thank you. Come on, put up your hand this morning. Thank you. I'm not auctioning off Christ today, but I'm making Him available to you. Come on. You can reach out to Him. Reach back to Him this morning. Drop your hands all over this place. They're in Cape Town North. Everybody in the building and online. Pray this with me today, if you will, please. Put your hands on your heart and pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you've been raised from the dead. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for sending Jesus, your Word, the Holy Spirit. Pour out your Spirit onto my flesh, into my heart. Teach me to prophesy, to dream dreams, and to see visions. May I be bold with the visions you give me so they can manifest on the earth. Here is my life, Jesus. Use me in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. 
If your life was impacted in any way and you would want to connect to any of our CRC churches worldwide, then please go visit our website at crccapetown.co.za and click on the Plan a Visit tab. Thank you for listening.